that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast, platformed, of course, with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and with our sponsors, Fans Bet, all the way through the National Hunt season uh, through to the end of 2022 and all the big festivals and everything. So delighted to have them on board. Let me introduce this week's panel. Uh, Dermot Nolan is here. Dermot. Hello, Dean. How are you, man? Good to have you. Yeah, all well, all well indeed. Uh, David Weldon is back for more. Dave Weldon, how are you? Not bad, Dean. How's things? Very good, very good. Good to have you with us and uh, returning. And uh, it's been uh, just a few weeks. And I think, actually, Don, we're going to talk about one of the races we did talk about at that time, uh, the Cheltenham Gold Cup on this week's podcast. Good to have you back, Don. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, you can never talk too much about the Cheltenham Gold Cup, my experience. Uh, do you know what? As a regular on the race hour, that's important because uh, we do talk about Cheltenham a lot on this podcast, good. which is what it's all about. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. This week's podcast will be... Um, a big topic of focus in the first half will be the Cheltenham Gold Cup. We'll have a quick chat about uh, one or two horses that ran uh, recently over the last weekend that we didn't cover um, just yet. And then in the second half of the podcast, we will be going through, um, I think there are nine races in total on TV on Saturday, if you include a bit of ITV4, and that's across Warwick, uh, Kempton. And then a little bit of Punchestown, and we'll go through our weekend nap. So you're very welcome on board again for another Race Hour podcast. Uh, we'll get straight stuck in. There is the horse to talk about from the weekend, and uh, we have to be honest, that's Constitution Hill. Um, I might come to Dave Weldon first about this one. This horse now, Dave, uh, after that electric performance at the weekend, has shot into supreme favoritism over the likes of the, the cool but previously short John Bond, not so short anymore perhaps, and Sir Gerhard with 14 to 1 bar. Good luck working this one out. Is Constitution Hill the... Um, the supreme horse at Nicky Henderson's yards, he's got two arrows. He's definitely got two arrows at it. Um, like the thing to say about Constitution Hill was that he was very impressive on bottomless ground. Yep. But that was an awful race. Um, like the horse in second, I think, straight at 125. Um, I, I wouldn't be getting carried away. Like I think he's, he's far too short now for me to get involved in him. Yes, he's very progressive and he's very good and he's very professional. And the, the temperament difference between himself and John Bond is like chalk and cheese, really. Yeah. Um, but it, that was a, a conditions race, probably, um, in all but name, and he won it as he should have won it. Um, so did we learn anything new about him from the last day? I don't think so. I think his maiden hurdle was probably a better race. Um, so yeah, he, he's a good horse. I'm still kind of think there's something to come out of Ireland that is kind of challenge the two Mickey Henderson horses. What it is, I don't know yet. Um, there's been very few contenders really evidence that have been tested like we've only seen Dysart Dynamo and Sir Gerhard win their maidens um, they haven't been out again since hopefully we see one of them this weekend yep um, in the Moscow Flyer but like, there's been so few opportunities in Ireland to, to run, for Willie Wallace to run his horses with the ground being so firm and good and good uh, on the uh, previous side of Christmas so yes the two Nicky Henderson horses have to be the favourites at the moment but I'd be wary of, of getting stuck into them at the price there at the moment. Okay, fair enough. Um, we talked about John Bond before on this podcast, Don, and um, now we need to talk about Constitution Hill. Uh, Supreme or Ballymore, and I think we can agree that 
perhaps both Nickies are a little bit short at this stage for Supreme with more evidence to come as Dave pointed out. Yeah, I, I think they're both very short, Dean. Like <clears throat> it's it's odds on that one of them wins it at current prices, what, three to one yeah. and nine to four thereabouts. So that's very short. And look, you can see why they're both fashionable. John Bond was fashionable before he ever set foot in a race course given his relationships with Duvan. Yep. Um <clears throat> and Constitution Hill, Barry Garrity and Warren Ewing, who bought him as a foal, they've always said that he you know, that Barry Barry Garrity's always said that he thought he was pretty special. I mean, I know he would say that, but it's kind of proven to be correct now. And but as as Dave said, he's won his two races, but now they've both been on different grounds so he's got that in his favor but they're both at Sandown the Tallworth Hurdle you know it's it's rarely a, a, a deep race and it wasn't this year totally agree with Dave on that and while his, his times have been good he just has to do it again now like Cheltenham in March is very very different to Tallworth Hurdle at Sandown right-handed on soft ground in January so look he's a very exciting horse he could he could win the supreme novices hurdle very easily and go on to be a top class national hunt horse and he, he probably will go on to be a top class national hunt horse as will john bond but like comparing their prices with sir gerhard's prices for example price for example like sir gerhard he's won a champion bumper he was a top class bumper horse last year i think his reputation was tarnished a bit when he got beaten at punchestown by kilcrush but that really wasn't his running. And, you know, he he, he just he weakened out. O'Toole got past him. O'Toole's a good horse, and, and he's he's another horse of potential. But he got past him for second place. So I think we can, you know, whatever it is, maybe his Cheltenham exertions or whatever, he just wasn't the same horse at Punchestown as he was at Cheltenham. He was very good in winning his his, his maiden hurdle. His jumping was superb. He got in a wee bit tight to the third last. He got in a wee bit tight to the last. But outside of that, his jumping was very, very good. He was sharp and accurate. And even when he was in tight, he was fast away from it. I, I, I just thought that was a very impressive performance. And to have him with his proven Cheltenham form and given the fluency with which he, he, he jumped his hurdles on the only evidence that we have, I just think he's too far behind the top two in the market. He's further behind than he should be. Yeah, five to one with fans bet is Sir Gerhard at the moment. Dem, I'll come to you last on Constitution Hill. Um, any chance Nicky splits these two up? Um, you can talk about what you thought about his performance. But I fell into that Tollworth trap last year and, and, and the year before, I think, talking about the winners of that race as my supreme horse. I'm not sure I'm going to fall for it this time, though. Yeah, the big the big concern with Constitution Hill is, is experience. And this has always been a big concern of mine with Nicky Henderson horses in novice hurdles anyway. He brings them along at such a slow pace that, you know, it's only the very special ones that win. It doesn't mean that he's not special. Of course he is, but Nicky Henderson leaves his novices with an awful lot of improvement. I mean, that's... that's 2011 showed that, you know, Sprinter Sacker and third Spirit Sun that day, I still think would have won the race bar, I just watched it back this morning and like he wanders after the last because he just he just didn't have the experience that Alfaroff had, you know, Alfaroff was on his 11th start that day and Alfaroff was able to keep a straight line and run through and that's 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 my main concern for Constitution Hill and for John Bond is that they're, they're facing horses like Sir Gerhard, etc who will be coming into this race um with just a lot more battle hardened, a lot more kind of in them, you know, like winning a champion bumper at Cheltenham, that that takes a lot of doing and the mm. experience in that is massive. So Constitution Hill, I just think he's so I think he's special. I think he's brilliant, but I'd be very concerned about just the the lack of experience in UK novices. I spoke about this a few weeks ago on this podcast that I think an awful lot of the them in the UK are just being left left with an awful lot to learn because they're not they're not taking on the same horses that kind of 
those in Ireland are. Um, saying that though, Dean, I think the second wins the bet per hurdle. Um, mm. The trainer, Ryan Potter, this is a Jetoy. Um, the trainer, Robert Potter, sorry, Ryan Potter, he's one to follow. He's doing very well. He's got seven winners this season from his 16 horses. This is his first year with his license. He's only 33. He's from Tyrone. And um, he's running his own farrier company like uh, like Gavin Carmel did when he first started. And he's uh, he trains at Caradoc Stables, which is Dean, uh, the kind of the, where John Edwards used to train. You know, he trained Yahoo to finish second to Desert Orkin and won the 1987 and 1988 champion chase. Ryan Potter, he's kind of working along and fixing up the stables and everything else as he's as he's getting winners. And mm. this horse, Jatoy, is improving. Like like nothing else. Third at Cheltenham behind two two subsequent winners. Top banded was there as a horse that I like. At eighty to one, he's proven since that, that was no fluke. Two seconds, uh, or sorry, two wins since that, and then second here in a Grade One. Uh, his running style would suit the Bedford Hurdle, and at sixteen to one or so, he's uh, he's a cracking bet I think, because I think his his rating is being left low. And I firmly believe this is that the UK handicapper this season in cha- in hurdle races, particularly, it has downgraded the UK hurdle races. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at the marks that are going to Irish hurdlers compared to the UK hurdlers, we would never have heard of a horse running off 133 in a bet for hurdle after finishing third at Cheltenham behind the likes of Top Bandit. The second horse that day has won since. He's won twice afterwards and finished second in a grade one. And he'll be running in a bet for hurdle of 133. That does nice. show that the Irish horses going to Cheltenham are going to have a bit more of a task ahead of them, um, the hurdlers, because the UK handicapper has clearly downgraded, and I think correctly so, has has downgraded their own hurdle races. So this horse, Jatoy, he's seven years old, a really exciting young trainer, as I said, in Ryan Potter. And uh, I think we we may have found the supreme winner, but I do think we found the Bet for Hurdle winner in that race anyway, then. Love that demo, and I really appreciate the the history you recalled there because uh, I was I was I was actually at Cheltenham cheering Desert Orchid to beat Yahoo. That's how old I am. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Potter got the yard. He said that all the um, all the runs and everything are all still there, and the gallops are all perfect. But everything else, he, he's literally fixing it up as he gets a few quid. And I just I love stories like that, you know. Cracking, cracking, yeah. nice one. Thank you for that. Okay, um, now the main topic of the first half of this podcast is going to be the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Um, and I'm going to start by asking each of you to come up with your um, fancy for the race. Um, and then we will take a spin through some of the horses that other aren't mentioned. Um, so I'm going to kick off with Dermot uh, Nolan. Why don't you carry on and tell us who your current fancy to win the Gold Cup is? Yeah, Dean. So of late now, Dean, my, my ghast has been well and truly flabbered by the uh, the reaction to, to Manel Indo. Um, I think the, the performance in the King George can be forgiven no end. Um, I wrote about this last week, actually, on bookmakers.co.uk early on the week. And, like, yeah. he was just far too awake in the cheek pieces early on. Rachel Blackmore said herself she gave him a bad ride. And Henry de Bromhead said himself the horse shouldn't have ran there. And it was fitting the square pegs in the round holes. Uh, in the round holes, even, sorry. It's just very forgivable. And, like, the other side of it as well is that this horse has never had good form going into Cheltenham. He won the Albert Bartlett as a maiden. He was second in the RSA after only two runs that season, losing to Lorena and beating the now 143-rated captain CJ by just over a length. And last year, he won two races early on the season before falling at Christmas and finishing second in the Irish Gold Cup. I think what 
about this season makes his prep that much worse. I don't know. His, his preparation has never been good going into Cheltenham. Uh, writing him off is absolutely insane. And the odds, there is 10 to 1 about, I believe, fans better, but 15 to 2. And I think, uh, I just think he's a cracking bet um, in this race, considering how much Cheltenham just seems to fix all his woes. And um, yeah, Dean, I think he's an absolutely brilliant bet. It's 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 that kind of place. We know that a horse comes alive back at the the place where it goes well. Manella Indo now currently seven to one. The fans bet there are slightly bigger odds around. And uh, Demo, I think you've been talking to them too much, and that's why uh, they are where they are in the market. They haven't completely written off Manella Indo. Uh, Don, you're up next. Your current fancy for the Cheltenham Gold Cup. I agree with with Dermot on everything he said. Really, um, before the King George, there was a chance that that would happen. That he'd run poorly. That like as Henry Drummond said, and he kind of was him and Han. I think he trying to he was trying to convince himself beforehand that it was the right thing to do, and he did say a few weeks earlier, you know, put a set of cheek pieces on him and ride him prominently. And yeah. it's it is exactly what he said, fitting a square peg into a round hole. We know that now. Look, he could have won the King George. He could have bolted up, and everybody would have said genius Henry Drummond had what a superstar Manella Indo is. But it, it's a as we know down through the years, the list of horses have won a King George and haven't won a Gold Cup, and vice versa. It's a long list. So Manella Indo, he's so good at Cheltenham. He won an Albert Bartlett hurdle when he was he was keen until they got to the second last flight that day. He ran way too freely to be able to win an Albert Bartlett, but he still did. Then he had the RSA chase in which he and Alaho took each other on and set it up for champ heartbreakingly. And then last year he went and won the Gold Cup. So he, he's a Cheltenham horse. Um, it plays to his strengths, the Cheltenham Festival and the ground and everything that goes with it. And exactly as as Dermot said, like he he's he's never at his best before. I think it's something like uh, December, January, February. His record is awful, and then March, April, May. Well, into May for Punchestown, his record is 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 really good. I think it's one one two one. Um, and back at Cheltenham, back in on on the ground that he likes, on the in the place that he likes. And Henry de Bramad has says it has said it before. He just when he gets there, he just comes alive. He just seems to recognize the place. And look, it's hard to win two gold cups back to back, but Album Album Photo did it very recently, obviously a couple of years ago. And I yeah, I'd like he went out to ten to one after the King George, which was too big. And yeah, I agree with Dermot, even seven or eight to one now, I think that's too big. I will give Protectorat a mention though. I think he's a player. He's he's a bit under the radar. Well, sorry, Price was put him up the other day, so he's not so much under the radar. He killed killed what I was gonna talk about, Don. Yeah, well I'll, I'll leave you talking about him. But yeah, I'll leave you talking about him then if he's your horse. But I, I wouldn't rule him out. Yeah, I think he's super interesting. Um, based on, I thought the Paddy Power run could have been massively upgraded given the issues he's had in running. And then what you saw at Aintree was like a coming of age of a horse that we always knew was was super mm. talented and held in the regard he was held in. Now, um, Protector at what he was, perhaps after that, I thought that was an underestimation at around 14, 16 to 1. Uh, the markets found him, thanks probably to, to Tom Seagal, as you mentioned, um, and around to 10 to 1, um, currently, I think it's 9 to 1 with fans, but uh, I'd be... I'd be leaning that way because we know a lot about the other ones. But now it's over to Dave Weldon to tell us who his current fancy for the Gold Cup is. Um, I'm struggling a bit, to be honest, Ian. It's, it's a wide open contest for about 10 of them. And then after that, the rest have no chance, really. So I think the market is pretty much right at the moment. Like we'd have to retire with that massive run in the Betfair. was a bit disappointing at Christmas um, when he got nabbed on the line at Galvin. But I, I'd forgive him that because he, he went to win his race and Galvin came from the clouds to, to, to pip him on the line. Um, Galvin is a, a very interesting contender as well. I, I'm I'm willing to forgive as the lads have forgiven Meleda Indo. I'm willing to forgive Chantry House his run the King George. 
Um, I mm. think he's my main pick at the moment. He drifted out to about 25 to 1 after that. He's been backed in since. It's about six games with fans about now. And that that's a good indication for me that there was nothing seriously wrong with him and he just had a bad bad run. Um, now he, he missed the second. And after the second, Nico was never happy and he was pushing him along the whole time and he hated every second of counting. Fine, move on. Probably shouldn't have ran him there like Melindo and hopefully he'll run in the Cotswold chase or in uh, the Tree Mall chase. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, at Newbury in February mm. um, before the Gold Cup and we'll see what kind of stuff he's made of then. Um, so yeah, I think he, he's my main pick at the moment. He just has a, a nice profile for the race coming out in offices um, into open company, right age profile, etc, etc. I think he takes a lot of boxes for the Gold Cup. Yeah, he's kind of, um, he's the, the horse with the profile that you'd expect to, to step into this with now a blip on the record. So the price has gone back to where it was before we all got excited about Chantry House. Um, we need to talk about Galvin because that's the main mover in this market. All right, there's a reaction to Manila Indo's uh, form, which we've discussed. But, but Galvin's victory in the Savills, Don, I'll come to you. Um, the market suggests he's right in the picture. I mean, he's, he's second favorite with everybody. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is he would he have been on your radar before he did that no he wasn't really you know mm. I, and i'm not sure he was on gordon elliott's radar e- either really he kind of talked about him more as a grand national horse than a, a, a gold cup horse and look he, you have to consider him he stayed on really well to beat absolute tired but i think absolute tired just reading simon Rowland's piece the other day was very interesting the fastest part of the race was between the third last and the last and that's where absolute tired made his ground so it wasn't not that you know you didn't expect it at the time. I think he traded at one point oh eight and running or thereabouts. Absolute yeah. did, but if you looking back now with the benefit of all of that, he made his ground in the fast part of the race. Davy Russell was very clever. Took back, took Galvin to the near side, and then like knew that he'd stay. Obviously, he's the National Hunt Chase winner, so he just outstayed him, and and he only won by a short head in the end. So I think Galvin probably had the the race run to suit look you can argue an extra two and a half furlings of the gold cup that's going to suit him because he's he's a stamina horse he's got very very good form at Cheltenham including that national hunt chase win and he was only just beaten in the novices handicap chase by imperial aura the year before as well as having won at the the, the October meeting so he's a he's a he's a he's got all that in his favor and he's only just turned eight so you can argue all of that but I just wonder, you know, I think Absolute Tired is probably a better horse. I think Manel Indo is probably a better horse. I think Protectorat has the potential and Chantry House have the potential to be a better horse. I just yeah. think Galvin, I, I think he's no value, Dean. Like there's there's recency bias in his price. He's, he's he's the most recent winner of a big race of the Savills Chase, which is and, and can be a good pointer to the Gold Cup. So, yeah, I, I think he's underpriced at the minute. Yeah, and we're not going to see him again, are we? They're going to do what they did last year, I imagine, and just stop now. And, and straight to the Gold Cup. So you, you might not see too much differential in uh, Dean, I, I do actually have to take this point, though, to uh, two of our listeners, uh, Rory Fitzgerald and oh, Chris. I, I, yeah. uh, I do have to apologize to them because I did say that this horse had no chance. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, do you know what, Demo? I, I was going to tee you up for abuse, So I have to mention the two of them because I've been getting absolute months of abuse on Twitter. So I, uh, I firmly deserve it. But, but, uh, I do agree with uh, Don, though, in that I think if A plus Tard and like A plus Tard gets a bit more credit as well, Dean, in the bank because Henry de Bromwich's horses they they just didn't run well 
over Christmas. Mm. You know, it's yeah. 6% strike rate overall of Christmas. Like, it was even, like, I was watching back the races the last night. I always leave it a few weeks and then watch all of Christmas back. And, like, the amount of Henry horses that jumped the last and then didn't see it through. Like, uh, Quilixios, Cavanagh's corner is one to watch that really summed up um, a lot of his horses in that he comes there absolutely traveling all over them and then just doesn't see it through at all. Um, this happened time and time again with Henry's horses. So I think April Star was the was the best horse in that race. And if him and Manel Indo turn up to the Gold Cup in their full form, I think they're still the two to absolutely catch. Um, but the, that's that that's a question we can't answer. So Galvin's that solid profile um, of a Gold Cup horse where I think he's going to run to 164, 165, and then it's up to everything else to kind of get above that. If they do run above that, I think he'll he'll run a very good race in place. But um, if if they don't, which they mightn't, Dean Galvin can he can definitely win a Gold Cup. We've had a funny relationship with Galvin on this podcast, Emma. We were, I mean, you can go back through the years of us discussing this horse. And that's the great thing about National Hunt Racing. I was all over for the four miler last year. Of course, <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, and and then the year before with that novice handicap, I think I thought he was an absolute certainty. He got beat, so that almost put me off him. And, and that gap that you got between his last run and then going to the festival last year and a change of stable and all those things made the price look less attractive. I mean, he went and won it. Well, and here we are uh, now uh, around, you know, what is it? A five to one chance to win a gold cup. I didn't think I'd be saying that at this stage no. of, uh, of the national Hunt season, but that's where we're at. That is where we're at. Let's talk about a couple of other horses um, in here. Um, like we didn't get really too many um, thoughts on Tornado Flyer, but this one has, has entered the ring and rightly so, of course, after uh, the, the Kempton performance. Um, Dave, I might start with you. Tornado Flyer even on the radar? He, he has to be. You want a King George. Um his profile is very strange. He usually starts the season well and falls off a cliff. Now, Willie's been quoting and saying he's changed a few things around. They're hoping that he'll finish out with season better. Um, but to me, that King George just fell apart. I think Frodon and Manila Indo tore each other apart um, from the very start. They were going far too quick. It was like a five furlong all-weather sprint um, around Kempton for the first, the first five furlongs. They just were flying at each other. And... You can see, like, Chantry House and stuff like that couldn't go the pace because they were going too quick. And Tornado Flyer was given a nice, patient ride, like a series for launch, and they kind of were going, coming to pick up the pieces, which he did. And fair play to him, and great for Danny Mullins, great for William Mullins and the owners. Um, but add an extra two furlongs on an undulating track, and I, I couldn't back him at any price, really. Um, I think there's far too many holes in his profile um, to be even slightly confident that he'll reproduce that run in the King George again. Yeah, I'd be with you. Don, I'll ask you about Tornado Flyer. He's the type of horse now that probably has to go for a Gold Cup, having won a King George, but maybe there's better targets for this horse. I'm not sure the Gold Cup is the race to go for. Yeah, I, I suppose you really have to go for the Gold Cup, Dean, after having won a King George. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to go for a Gold Cup, and he's a, whatever, he's a 14 to 1 shot for it. So, but I, I think that's reasonable. I agree with Dave on, on that. Like Danny Mullins, really, he was a massive part of that King George victory. He was just very clever, sat in behind, knew there'd be a pace on. He did set, set off in the front rank, but he missed the first, missed the second. He was suddenly back <laughs> towards the rear. But that was his plan. It, his plan wasn't to go forward. His plan was to just have that position to allow for those mistakes, which he was saying afterwards he often makes in his races, and then just allow him into it. And then when St. Calvados went up on his outside on the run to the home turn, he just sat again. And St. Calvados took a couple of rivals with him it was just too early, you know, again, in hindsight, that's easy. But even at the time, 
it was a fast pace. So it was a surprise to see St. Calvados going for home so early. And he just sat in and he was the winner on merit on the day, the way, the way the race was run. But I think, look, he may have won anyway. And he may have been the best horse in the race anyway on the day. But I think the quality of Danny Mullins' ride accentuated his superiority mm. over his rivals on the day. And, you know, like there has been talk afterwards that maybe that was the, the step up and trip was the making of him. But, you know, in the in the Savills chase last year, you wouldn't have thought that he would have wanted further than three miles anyway. Like he was, he just, you know, he kind of came home. He was well beaten by Aplutar and, and Kemboy and Mellon. And he just, he just kept on as opposed to really stayed on strongly. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, he, I mean, I've got a, I've got a long list of Gold Cup horses, but he's, the Tornado Fly is not on it. Not on it. Yeah. They wouldn't be on mine either. I think that's, that's, um, I think that's probably a consensus on here. We haven't talked about Al Boone photo demo and i'll come to you about album because um we know the path that they're going to take maybe they'll get another run in or not i'm not sure but uh, been there done it got the t-shirt um a couple of times and uh, ran with huge credit last year again um they'll all have to run well to finish in front of album photo won't they they will and he'll probably do he'll he'll run to a certain level absolutely no doubt it just from this point onwards in a horse's career um i know some people squash trends but trends are great weapon at times and look that the age that album photo is they just they don't tend tend to win gold cups um obviously if anything else underperforms he we know the level that he will run to um and the race that he won the Savills chase at tremor this year it was an unsatisfactory affair um the it was just willie mullins horses and and it just didn't seem like like any of them were massively interested in getting involved and look they probably weren't able to get involved either um i'd imagine there was there was a bit of race riding going on but saying that still the horses in behind have never shown a glimpse of form to, to put them up, up near album photo anyway but a 10 to 1 or so as much as i, I really respect the horse as much as you nearly scream home to win a gold cup at those odds dean yeah i'd be ha- i'd be happy enough to um to cheer him home without any of my uh my hard-earned cash in him you know Yep. Let's talk about a horse that I coined the Great White Dope, which is a Styrian for Lange. Um, there is no doubt that this horse has a, a, any amount of talent in there, but also um, not, perhaps not matched by the brain. Or maybe he's too clever for all of us. It's hard to know. Um, Don, I'll come to you on a Styrian for Lange. This is an eight-year-old with Willie Mullins who could win a Gold Cup, but he could also not get over the third and you don't, you don't see which way it goes. Um, sum him. Try and sum him up. Oh, that's going to be a long sum up. I don't think there's a there's, a, there's an executive summary for us there for launch team. Look, he's a, he's a talented horse. Uh, I backed him in the John Durkin, and nearly backed him in the King George. I I didn't in the end, but really, I know he's he finished third in the Marsh Chase last year at Cheltenham, but he really is a better horse going right, and that's without taking all his foibles into account. Like he's his 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 non-completion rate is just not good you know and look he was a bit unlucky i suppose to crumple at the last in the king george that would have been a two instead of an f but you know he was traveling really well in the john durkin there was no reason why he should have made that mistake that he that he made um and even at limerick last year in the the grade one race the faheen chase it just it just seems to not like he's He's hit or miss at his fences, isn't he? Like he he can like for a horse of his experience, he shouldn't be now making the mistakes of falling or unseating like he has done the last two runs, and that's that's a worry. So that's you know the 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 the, the likelihood of him non complete not completing is higher than most for most of his rivals. 
And yeah. then a factor in he has to go right, or not that he has to go right, he can go left, but he's probably better going right. And, you know, even in the Marsh chase last year, I had to look at that again, and he he never, he wasn't really staying on to get close to Chantry House, close home. Chantry House was kind of going away from him again. That was two and a half miles. So, and that was why I, I backed Chantry House instead of, or in front of him in the King George. I just think Chantry House is probably a better horse and he's a he's a likely race horse as well. And he's got proven Cheltenham winning form, whereas Asterian Falange doesn't. And he's around about the same price as Chantry House. So I think, you know, given that they're around about the same price, I'd definitely have Chantry House over Asterian Falange. Yep. Okay. I would agree with that. I mean, Don, you're, you're happy enough to forgive. You want to see a bit more evidence now, of course, with Chantry House. But prior to that run in the King George, this was the this was the profile horse. This was uh, the one. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he is. Look, look, there's plenty to like about him in, in the context of the Gold Cup. I think Dave touched on a lot of this, but yeah, look, his 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 King George run, you just have to put a line through it. And he was very well backed. He was backed into favoritism in the end. Yeah. But he he jumped a bit to his left. He couldn't get into his rhythm. And and Kempton, as we know, it's a real rhythm track. You can't if you get knocked out of a rhythm, the fences come up at you quickly. It's a flat track, it's a sh- relatively sharp track. And if you get knocked out of that rhythm, it's just very, very difficult to get back into it or to come from too far back. And very early on in the race, Chantry House's winning chance was was really more or less gone. So mm. you put a line through it, say, you know, just determined that it wasn't his running and it wasn't. It was too bad to be true for all those reasons. And then back to Cheltenham, the two and a half mile race, the Marsh chase that he won, that turned into a test of stamina because Shan Bleu went fast down the back straight and, and stretched them out. And that played to his strengths. He's a, he's a stamina horse. He won the three mile chase at entry for all that. I I, I think he you know the, the the mile mile chase. I still think he would have won even if if Esparta Rome hadn't fallen. I think he was just coming to get the better of him. So yeah. and he's he's likely raced. He's only had seven chases. So yeah, you can definitely see a case for Chantry House. Yeah, I think if you're going to hang your hat on an outsider. Or it, it, let's call it relative outsider at those kind of prices. That's one with a profile with loads of upside still to come. I'm going to throw a question out to you guys. Um, the, I think Willie Mullins' best chance of winning the Gold Cup is a horse he won't run there, and that's Alaho Dermo. Willie Mullins' best chance is Alaho. Yeah, our, our staying with Alaho is kind of a question. Um, that still hasn't really been answered. Every time he went up against Manila Indo uh, as a novice or novice hurdler and a novice chaser he was outstayed by him um like including the punches down when alaho was backed off the boards at, as a novice hurdler and um, nelindo just outstayed him that day as well so whilst alaho is brilliant there's absolutely no doubt i just think there is a doubt about whether or not he stays and, and i just think two and a half miles is probably his his optimum trip really did yeah and uh look it's going to be proven that that's the case they're not going to go anywhere near the gold cup with alaho i would say although i'd like to see it um let's throw in any other outsiders anyone would like to talk about i'm going to dismiss the chance of champ looks like stairs head already 10 i'm also going to put lost in translation in that bracket as a 10 year old now despite previous um heights hit um delta work well it's not going to happen now i don't think at this stage although previously people would have considered it um Dan, i can stick with you throw me an outsider please for the gold cup uh, yeah, uh, the one, Dean, that I'm not ready just yet to give up on is Eklat the Rear. Um, like, Jack Adam ran ran a questionable race in the um, Hennessy before going on to run a blinder in the Gold Cup that same season. Um, Eklat the Rear has had one bad run, but the three Henry de Bromhead horses, actually David Weldon, who, who messes me afterwards, maybe not not to give up on him, because the three Henry de Bromhead horses that ran that day in Newbury, they all ran, like, the, just horrifically. Um, you know, a high senior 
probably went off too short at Kempton based on that performance to a degree. But, you know, Mr. Invincible was just kind of didn't run a race at all. Um, and there was a handicapped chaser as well, which I just, the, the name evades me at the moment. But he's, um, he was the same. So um, I, he ran a strange race as well. And I didn't think he jumped the first well, but then he seemed to travel really well down the back and then just kind of didn't get into it then afterwards. And it just was a weird race. Um, he, I see he's entered now in the Irish Gold Cup. I'd imagine he'd get an entry into something like the uh, Thaisi's chase off a big weight as well. The ground there might might suit him that bit more. And like this is a horse who Rachel Blackmore mentioned a few times about how good she was that she kind of, you know, they were they weren't. Uh, they were they were confident enough now of upsetting Monkfish last year going into that um, that festival novices chase. So Eklat the rear, he's um, he's forty to one I think with fans bet, but there is as big as as one hundred to one out there. Um, so at a hundred to one, Dean, I think a horse that has that much promise has just been rode off after one bad run in a race that it's, with his experience was acceptable enough to bomb out, and um, I think he's uh, he has a chance there at a hundred to one, Dean. Okay. Okay. Also, of course, obviously ran in the uh, the RSA or whatever it was called uh, yeah. last year and, and unseated and unfortunate enough for Rachel Blackmore behind Monkfish. And one horse I'll throw in there as an outsider is Fiddler on the Roof. I'd imagine it will run for Colin Tizard. It ran as close as you can get to Monkfish, I think, with at least shook him up for a bit. And his form this season has been excellent. There's nothing wrong with finishing where he did um, in the Labyrinth, the old Hennessy, of course, behind Cloudy Glen. I thought that was a massive run. And he's a live outsider for me. Dave Weldon, before I go to Don, you're up next to give me an outsider. Yeah, to be honest, as I said earlier, there's the top eight in the market. Like They're all good profiles and all have good form. And, and you go past that and you're guessing at what is left. Fit on the roof is one that you can make a case for, definitely, with that second in the in the lab book. Um, and the other one I throw out, if Lucinda Russell decides to be a bit brave and send the high senior um, to the Gold Cup instead of instead of against uh, Brave Man's Game, um, that 40 one won't be there for, for too much longer if she, if she did that. But... Um, the rest of them, like Mount Ida, um, is not good enough going that way. She won a bad Kim Kim Yor last year, even with her with her jumping left. Um, Robbie Goyle, as we've seen last year, is not good enough and was balls behind that Plutard. Um, and then, as you said, Mel and Mr. Fisher, etc., etc., they're not good enough to win a Gold Cup or even place in a Gold Cup. So um, the two I, I'd suggest would be probably a high senior if, if you ran. Um, maybe look for a bit of non runner bet on that. And... Uh, a fiddle on the roof would have a good chance, but as you know, fiddle on the roof, he, he's not the toughest and um, he can throw the toys out of pram the other time. Yeah, he's um, he's that kind of profile of horse that can maybe you might place in a couple of gold cups, but you'd never really peg him as one to to go and get the job done. Final word goes to Don McLean on the gold cup. Looking for an outsider, Don. Good luck. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with. Dean on a tad rear. I wouldn't give up on him yet. He could be he could be an awful lot better than his current rating and his current price and i think the ladbrooks trophy run you can just throw it out it was just it was just too bad um mm-hmm. the other one i'll throw in is mount ida <laughs> <laughs> i i just think there's somebody mentioned her to me during the week and then i only it was only because it was mentioned to me that i had a look and you know her her she won the kim Muir last year now if there was a ride of the year in britain by an irish rider going jack kennedy would have won it because, decade yeah like he was phenomenal on her. Like her first couple of jumps way out to her right, she had no chance. And okay, she won a three to one favorite, but she won it really impressively in the end. Now, look, she she's probably better, well, almost certainly going better going right than going left. And obviously, Cheltenham is a left-handed track. But 
she can't be as bad to her right as she was in the Kimura last year, and she still won it and won it well off a mark of 142. Yep. She gets the seven pounds mare's allowance. If she runs, like she may not run in the Gold Cup. But and just this year, you know, she she battled on well to beat Ellie May the last day over two and well, two miles five. She beat Scarlet and Dove easily at Clonmel. She's only had seven runs over fences, so she she still has potential to improve again. I just wouldn't write and those two runs the, the, those runs this year have been over two and a half miles we know she says three miles too she's got that Cheltenham Festival winning form in a race in which she did everything wrong in the early part of the race so I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be writing her off now I think she's just an interesting one to keep an eye on could run in the Irish Gold Cup though mm. and that would you know that's a that's a path yeah, the the Irish Gold Cup is going to be interesting, isn't it? Because if Aplitar is not going there, Galvin's not going there. Hopefully, Manella Indo doesn't go there. He goes straight to Cheltenham, and that opens it up, doesn't it? Like the, mm. the, the it's a chance for somebody to throw their hat into the ring. And those horses that we mentioned, Castlebone West is another horse. Who's got he got, we haven't seen him since he won the Paddy Power last year. He's got good course and distance for him. So, yeah, that could be a very that could be a, a race from which it just could provide more pointers this year than it normally does. I think. Yep. Definitely could. Okay, I've enjoyed that. That was a good wrap around all of the Gold Cup picture as it currently stands. Um, now, quick bit of uh, messaging for you. If you do get involved with the uh, offer on bookmakers.co.uk for fans bet, which is exclusive to bookmakers.co.uk, bet 10, get 30. Um, they've also got a special in there for, around the Gold Cup. And uh, I think two of the lads here uh, put Manila Rindo up as their fancy right now in terms of value. Henry de Bromhead to train the winner of the Gold Cup uh, was 6-4, to four, now 2-1 to one with fans bet. If you want to get involved in that cover a few bases uh with that one uh like i say exclusive of course to um us here on the race hour podcast now when we come back from uh this coming up break on the race hour podcast we're going to go through uh top of the nine tv races across warwick and kempton we'll also take in a little bit of punchestown uh where the likes of dysart dynamo and bob ollinger are due to uh run in the moscow flyer and the kildare novice chase we'll have a look at any other weekend fancies and we'll give you an apps and a bit more to come okay coming up after this break you're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to this week's podcast on the Race Hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 2021-2022. Um, we're going to go through nine races that are across the TV channels, like I say, if you include a bit of ITV4 uh, at Warwick and Kempton. We're also going to cover a bit of Punchestown uh, with the two uh, big races there, Moscow Flyer and the Kildare Novice Chase. We'll go through any other weekend fancies and then we will cover off our naps. Uh, just a reminder as well, if you do get involved with fans bet through that exclusive offer of bet10 get30 on bookmakers.co.uk, they will have a free-to-play game if you're in the UK to win £250, I think, Dermot Nolan, picking the winner of three races that weekend. And it must be one, right? So someone's going to win. Three races, and it has to be won every single week, yeah. So that's uh, £250 every week. And I like games like that. Like, I know the 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 figure might be lower than the ITV7 or something like that, but the uh, the fact that you can win it every single week and it is there every single week is uh, is brilliant. So simply go into Bookmakers at UK, sign up, get your free bet, and then go on and play uh, play some free games, Dean, to win £250. Um, just picking three winners over the weekend, it's uh, 
is a fairly fairly strong offer so look, we'll look, uh, we'll share uh, this out on the race hour twitter page tomorrow exactly do keep an eye on race house twitter over the weekend for everything that's going on um just asking for a friend demo i'm allowed to win this am i i hope we are we better clear this up with uh with stefan and steven actually <laughs> and find that out you can find three winners lads you're grand oh yeah yeah, yeah. Find, yeah exactly I, i'm worried about don don you're you're not allowed to play i don't think so we're all good there i'm sure so. i wouldn't i wouldn't get close to him no nowhere near <laughs> well let's find out let's find out what we fancy exactly. we'll help a few listeners to uh to draw a line for a few and um, we're going to kick off with the 118 at work i hate these uh, dog race times it's awful i mentioned it. i'm an old man shouting at a cloud every single week about this but um yeah the 118 at warwick um we've got a handicap chase over two miles kick off with only a small field dave weldon um but the 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 actual uh, participants are not bad at all brave shiaska not available sky pirate and fast buck to sift through sky pirate's got to give a bit of weight to some of these yeah the good's 20 pounds to, to the favorite for Venetia williams there brave shiaska uh, and that's who wins i think um openly mobile progressive horse uh, has won very well the last twice um, been hiked up another nine pounds, I think, for his last win. I don't think that'll be enough to stop him. And at odds against, I think it's fairly simple that Brave Siesca wins. Brave Siesca looking for a hat trick is the pick of Dave Weldon, but the price is short, Don McLean. Yeah, I think he's short. I think Sky Pirate should be closer to him in the betting than he is. Um, like last year, he was when he when he went and won this race. You kind of thought he'd blown his handicap mark for the Grand Annual if that's where they were going because he was still a novice last year. Remember, yeah. um, but then he went and won that anyway off a mark of 152. He's off 157 now, and his his two runs this year have been good. I thought he wasn't beaten that far by Shishkin last time. Well, there was no real second to him. I thought he he ran well for a long way, just kept on. And back down in grade over a, a course of distance over which he's obviously won before on similar ground to the ground that he encountered last year when he won this race. Yeah, I I, I thought he'd be shorter shorter than he is. Yeah, I take class over promise as well and row in with a bit of Sky Pirate, um, same route as last year to whatever they might be aiming for uh, later on. And Derma. Uh, yeah, Dean. No, it's a race that uh, that I'll enjoy watching. I think uh, Sky Pirate could could go well in a Grand Annual again, but uh, I will not be. Uh, I won't be taking part. No problem. Let's kick on to the one thirty-two at Kempton. I'm not going to complain about it again. In fact, I just did. But another <laughs> handicap chase here. Um, Champagne Court looks like it's going to head the market here for Jeremy Scott and Orkin Williams. Uh, decent field, I suppose. For this, just a bit further than two and a half miles demo. As you didn't have anything for the last race, uh, enlighten me about the one thirty-two at Kempton. Uh, yeah, the favourite. Gonna be nice and boring here. Um, he's he's a decent horse who, who just really has taken a long time to kind of realise his potential. I mean, this is a horse who ran on very late to be fourth in the uh, in your favourite ever running of the Martin Pipe Dean when when Early Doors won it. And the um, oh no, yeah, come on. <laughs> and the uh, and he's just he's just seems to have taken a long time to kind of come to himself really. Um, but like going, going back to his form, I mean, 126 that day he ran off, but he's a better horse. He was a better horse than that. I always thought. And then he, he managed to get going up to about 143 at one point. So winning the last time of 126, he 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 was due that. He, it's been coming and coming from. Um, so a four pounds higher here, I think he's uh he's still well worth kind of persevering with. Uh, Jeremy Scott's yard was out of form. They kind of seem to be coming back into form again. So was well, his a race definitely not to be going mad on. Falco Blitz is a horse I like, but he just seems to have lost all form. So Champagne Court is um he represents some very decent back form. He seems to be finally getting his act together at the uh the age of nine, and uh he he could and probably should win again. Then. 
Now, you mentioned Falco Blitz, and um, I was going to throw this one into the mix because I think coming back in trip is important uh, after the run behind Snow Leopard S. And uh, I didn't think the form was that bad up to that. So on a value angle, uh, I was going to chance Nico de Boinville and Nicky Henderson's uh, Falco Blitz, six to one with fans bet. Uh, Dave Werben, I'll ask you. Um, yeah, I like Champagne Court. I've liked him for a long time. And then I deserted him before uh, Exeter the last time when he won a seven to one. So um, he's in the bad book. Um, wow. I think he's probably handicapped to his best now at the moment. Um, there might be a bit more in him, but I think five to two is short. This race has fallen apart massively since yesterday. Um, as smart he was, and a few others were in here. Um, going elsewhere. All going, going elsewhere. All going elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Linkfield yeah. next week has not helped racing this week anyway. Um, with their million pound race meeting. Um, Fanzio I think is the winner here. Uh, for Richard Hobson and Paul O'Brien finished second behind uh, citations for Pam Sly the last time that was a good run he's been left in the same mark um, he's about 11 to 2 shot I think at the moment um, and that's a fair enough price I think um, for the Richard Hobson team he's uh, still around his last winner mark as well so uh, there's plenty of upside with Fanzio Fanzio the pick then for Dave Weldon uh, Don I think we've gone for three different horses so <laughs> this is uh, this is open the casting vote. I'm, I'm with Udian and Falco Blitz. Uh, okay. Just just at the price. I agree with you. The last day at Bangor, like he he just didn't see out three miles. Plus it was his first run back since May, so I think you can allow him that. And like Kempton is probably not ideal for him. He does jump to his left, but he did run a big race on Stevens Day last year or last season when he finished second man killer clown. So he can operate at the track. And he's back down to a mark of 139, which is just a little bit lower than the mark off which he finished off last season. And his run at Sandown behind Belargus, I thought that was a really good run. He had Killer Clan behind him that day. Belargus, the horse that I, I thought and still kind of half think could go on to better things this year. But I just thought that that was, that was a good enough run. And he's off a mark one pounds lower than his mark that day. So, yeah, I think around about whatever, six, seven to one. I think that's fair about him. Yep. Me and you agree with that one, that's for sure. Falco Blitz, I think there's a little bit of value there, as does Don McLean. Okay, we move on to the 150 at Warwick. Uh, this might not take too long because it does look a little bit of a penalty kick for three under through five. That's the three-mile novices chase, the 150 at Warwick. Uh, is it a penalty kick, Don? I think so, Dean, yeah. I think so. Look, he's he's got he's got the rating on the board. He's 151. He's given five pounds away to horses that are rated vastly inferior to him. I thought mint condition was interesting because he ran really well in the Leamington hurdle at this meeting last year when I thought he probably should have beaten Adramel. He just got beaten in the end. He, he stayed on and was only just held by Adramel. So I think he's he's an interesting horse in general. But yeah, I think five pounds getting from three hundred to five, it's it's just not enough. Like his his runs this year have all been very good. He looked very good at Doncaster the, the last day. It would have been interesting if Oscar Elite had stood up in the novices chase at the Cheltenham November meeting because he was travelling well at the time. But I think maybe Oscar Elite, I think maybe three miles seems to stretch his stamina these days. So I think three under through five probably would have won anyway. And yeah, look, he's a he's a very very nice horse. He's a progressive horse, and it's it's right that he's odds on. Yep, I agree. I think, I'm, I'm hoping this is one of the races that fans may ask us to be the winner of, Dermot Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, Dean. Uh, yeah, look, um, can't add anything else there. He's uh, probably Engl uh, one of England's um, leading lights, really, behind Brave Man's Game in the kind of novice chasing brigade now. I, I've always really liked his horse, and that was a decent sixth in the Albert Bartle last year as well. Um, so, yeah, no, he, he should be far too good here, Dean. 
I will be petitioning fans bet all the way through the national Island season to have a without Irish market. And then a horse like three under through five becomes very interesting for a number of targets. And uh, perhaps they will, they will take us on Dave. Well, I'm coming to you and um, there's only one other horse. I mean, three under through five is, uh, is the right favorite and short enough to get this done. They should get it done. But Mossy Fenn wasn't a bad animal at one point, And Christian Williams now has hold of this uh, seven-year-old as he is. Yeah, and as a seven-year-old, there's still an upside with Mossy Fenn. Um, you must have read my mind, Dean. I was going to chat about him. But I, you'd imagine Christian Williams wouldn't be wasting the mark he's on. Um, this is kind of a, a hack round to see, to get to blow the cobwebs off and then strike um, in a handicap. I can see that. I can see um, that angle, right? Yeah, yeah, especially given now the UK handicapper stance on not putting horses up for running behind uh, higher rate horses in in, um, in novices. So I think Mossy Fenn will definitely have targets later on in the year, and it's definitely an interesting horse. Um, but three hundred five, two five should win this. If the if the rains came massively and it turned heavy, you could have mid condition shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's currently soft ground, and I think three hundred two five is, is fine on that. He's only nine to one for the, the National Hunt Chase as well, three hundred two five. That's his likely target. Next destination won this race last year for Paul Nichols and went there and ran Galvin close. So if you wanted yep. to not take the short odds, maybe have quant fans bet and get your free bets and have a couple of quid each way on, on three hundred two five for the National Hunt Chase. For the race at Cheltenham. Yeah, why not? Um, you go and get this job done. That's only going to contract as they normally do. Dave, I'll stick with you. Um, the Sylvianarco Conti Chase um, is the 205 at Kempton. Um, Mr. Fisher, Rouge Viff, Eldorado, Allen, Deffy, Desoy. Uh, Mr. Fisher is 6 to 4, 5 to 2, Rouge Viff, Eldorado, Allen, 11 to 4, 5 to 1, the outsider is Deffy, who hasn't won a race for two years now, if you can believe that. Um, they're the prices from fans bet. Dave Weldon, you're up. Yeah. Um, if ever a race summed up the horse, in my opinion, this, this Silviano Conti, like, this, this is a poor race. Um, <laughs> I, I never rated Silviano Conti, and this this backs up my theory on him now. Ridiculous! That's a ridiculous thing about a King, multiple King George winner. Yeah, King George winner. No one cares about King George. Ever God. When it comes to it, ends with. Um, right, go on. Well, definitely saw he's gone at the game. I gave him a chance to start of the season, um, and, and he failed miserably. And I don't think he'll come back. Uh, it's been too long now between between drinks, and Mr. Fisher, I thought Kevin would suit him. Greatly, I, I had a couple of quiddies waiting on the King George, and again, he, he failed, and there's just too many letters beside his name now. So it comes down to Rouge Riff, who's on the second run after Windup, and uh, Eldorado Allen, and I just thought Eldorado Allen had a better profile than Rouge Riff, and I think he wins, and probably wins well. And that run in the old uh, Halden Cup at Exeter was very good, beat Hitman there, and it wasn't a terrible run behind Um First low in the Peterborough Chase. In a, it, that Peterborough Chase was a weird race. Uh, they kind of went quick and first low couldn't lead. And then they slowed it down. And first low's jump went the pot. And then he stayed on past them. And Elder Adam was at the back and kind of a prisoner to, to the pace at the front. So um, I think he wins. And wins well for Colin Tizard and Brendan Pell. Wins and wins well. El Dorado Allen for Brendan Powell and Colin Tizard is the thoughts of David Weldon. Don, do you want to sift through these four? Yeah, um, I thought if Miss, if Master Tommy Tucker had run, I was thinking Rouge Viff might be the one because he would be, he's just a free going sort, and I thought he would be very well suited by a fast pace. Now, like, there's there's no, it's a four horse race. It's going to be very interesting to see how, how it develops. I wouldn't mind if I was on Rouge Viff seeing him going on. 
and Harry Coblin just allowing him stride away because it's just like he, he obviously was with Harry Winton and he's now with Paul Nichols. He had his first run for Paul Nichols in the the slur chase at Cheltenham when again he was kind of keen and was was pretty well beaten in the end. He was a bit disappointing there and he's run okay at Kempton in the past without running really well. So he's he's still a horse that's a second run back if, after a wind operation, which I think is a, is a little bit of an angle there and a second run for Paul Nichols. So I can see Rouge Riff running well. Like the, the, the it kind of the race doesn't fit neatly into the strengths of every of, of any horse, I think. Like I think Eldorado Allen like he's the last day at hunting, and I agree with Dave. Like he, he kind of got outpaced. He, he didn't seem to be able to really go the pace. Now they did go a fast pace, but that was over two and a half miles, and he'd won a Halden Gold Cup over two, not not even two and a quarter miles. Now that that Halden Gold Cup, just kind of thinking that Grenadine was only starting off, Zanza was only starting off, Hitman was kind of mugged close home by Eldorado Allen, so it might not have been the best Halden Gold Cup, but still he won it and he stayed on to win it. Well, I, I think. A strongly run or a stiff two and a half miles is what Eldorado Allen probably needs these days. And if he got that, it's not a stiff two and a half, but if he got a fast pace that would bring his stamina over the trip into play, then he'd be interesting. But it's just, just I mean, between those two, Rujviff and Eldorado Allen, it's a no bet race for me, Dean, but I'm just very interested to see how the race is going to pan out. Yeah, it's one thing calling it the Sylvie and the Arco Conti chase. I should have just called it the question mark chase. This is full of them. I can't. I, I honestly can't take a view. If any of the four won, I'd probably only kick myself if Deffy won at a decent price. Dermot Nolan. Uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't agree less with Dave about Sylvie and Conti. First of all, a great horse. But secondly, uh, I, I agree with his, t- his complete assertion on the race. Um, I think Eldorado Al is the most likely winner, but again, yeah, it's a no bet race for me, Dean. Um, really, really likable horse, r- really likable race, but uh, it's just a race full of question marks, as you said. So I'll happily watch this and uh, and see what happens. I'll definitely be watching it. All right, like you say, it's a fascinating race to see how it unfolds. Um, Dermo's the, sorry, Dave is the only one with a really strong take on it. And Eldorado, Alan Brennan, Powell, Colin Tizard uh, will win and win well, according to Mr. Weldon. So I'm guessing we might be coming back to him for naps later on and find that horse in the mixer. Um, Dem, I'll come to you on the 225 at Warwick. This is a grade two. Uh, the Leamington, of course, the novice's hurdle there. Um, you have to be quite impressed with what you've seen from Surrey Quest. Nicky Henderson, Aidan Coleman look like that one's going to go a favourite. Party businesses there, Staghorn, uh, Viva La Villa. Uh, and then it's going to be well, double figures by the remainder three. Yeah, the favourite short enough though on what on what he's he's beaten or anything like it. Um, he, he's been very good. Don't get me wrong, but I thought Party Business Business was going to run a very good race behind Stage Star, who's quietly fancy to run well in the Ballymore. Um, he also beat home, or he was going to beat home the the horses behind him as well. I actually I thought now that when he was making that headway tree out that. He was actually going quite well, and then he fell two out. So he um he he was going to run a good race that day. So he's he's a horse that's 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 kind of has stuck his head above these, in my opinion, without getting the finish off his race. If he's bounced back from that completely and utterly, um, I would have him here to I'd have him to beat the favorite. And I'd have him to beat these. Uh, I think party business is uh, he's one of the better prospects of this field. Okay, currently nine to four with fans bet. Don McLean, you're on with the Leamington. Yeah, look, it's it's a it's a race full of kind of potential, really, isn't it? Like, sorry, Quest, what he did the last day, like he was in front way too far out. He won with bucket loads in hand, so there's no telling how good he could be. Um, and Bumbo Jumbo, the horse of Emma Lavelle, to finish second, was a good horse going into the race, a progressive. Um, 
and Pipe Smoker used to be a really good horse, but I suppose he didn't run his race. Party business, yeah, agree with Jeremy. He, he was traveling well. I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure he definitely would have been second though. He was traveling well when he fell at the second last. The Gordon Elliott horse, Gringo de Bell, was also traveling well at the time, and he finished third. So it would be interesting how it had panned out. Viva La Vila finished second behind, lost him out last time. Brave Kingdom, who was third behind him, he won next time at Taunton. So that performance working out pretty well. Now he was really well beaten by Lassie Mouth in the end, and Lassie Mouth was in that the cello hurdle and didn't really run his race. Was pretty well beaten, came under a ride at the third last, and just didn't didn't really go on. So. Look, I think it's, again, it's an interesting, it's a no-bet race. I think Surrey Quest is the right favourite because of all the potential that he has. Like, his, he just he just looked like a very, very good horse the last day for all that he's significantly up in grade. But, um, yeah, it's a race for watching and learning for me. Fair enough. And there'll be plenty to learn from this contest. Dave, me and yourself are uh, closet fanboys of uh, Archie Watson. And Staghorn is, uh, is fascinating in here. They're going straight into grade two company after winning at Hereford. Uh, no back number on the flat, Dave. You'll have to unmute yourself. Yeah, sorry, I was clicking the button, as you said, at the end. Thanks very much for giving me the time. <laughs> um, yeah, Stagshorn was very good at Hereford. Um, I, I don't know what what that race is going to counter, so it's very hard to take a, a leap going into graded company. Um, he beat the horse with Hank Tony Ball's World of Dreams, who's won since at Plumpton, so there is a bit of substance to the form. Um, but it's hard to know he was 96 on the flat it's what 150 over hurdles he has has to have a great chance i thought he'd be shorter than what he is it's just a shame we don't have the eight runners here because he'd be the, the scumbag each way bet in the race um sure. the other one i liked was it's a no it's a no bet race for me as well but i did, did like gentlemen at arms for kieran gettins and Stuart edmonds Um, he finished fifth behind uh balco coastal of nicky henderson's that's a good horse um and the second has run well since and as is the third they've both run well in better races without winning and he was 25 to one last night he's 16 to one now with, with gunners coming out and stuff like that um he'll definitely stay the trip he won next time out up and trip again so um he has a decent chance but i would like to treat places if i was to back him yep understood um i'd be interested to see how Staghorn goes but like, I, I kind of agree with the general consensus that this is another race where we're going to learn plenty and maybe not too much if we get involved with a wager it's often better to watch these kind of contests without that so you don't take anything forward well that's my own uh, issues i'll discuss there and we can talk about the uh let's talk about the 240 at kempton because the uh, coral lanzarote handicap hurdle uh, is always a, a cracker on on the racing calendar and um, there is an absolute certainty in this don mclean you're gonna have to put me off uh, it's it's uh it's marie's rock for nico nicky henderson nico de boinville who yeah. came of age the last day she and did. any price any price i will back marie's rock yeah no she was very very good the last day she wasn't even the 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 most strongly fancied of the Nicky Henderson horses in the race that that said she was really well back just before the off maybe she had some of your money on Dean to help her, she did. Help her yeah, well done that didn't do it but she did to shorten in. <laughs> yeah. but look that was you know she didn't know all about her that was the first run over two and a half or two miles five she improved for it the market suspected that she might and she won doing handsprings and it's and it was over the same course and distance on similar ground so an awful lot of an awful lot of positives there. She is up nine pounds, but she won with more than that in hand, you would have thought. And she's still a mare who's got plenty of potential to improve, especially over the longer trip. Um, Chitabello is kind of the opposite. He's 11 now, but just he, he I marked him up as a horse to follow after his first run of the season at the Ladbrokes Trophy meeting at Newbury. He just stayed on well from a fair way back. 
And then last time at Hereford, it was a similar story. Like Hereford's a tight track and he kind of got into traffic on the run around the home turn and then stayed on again, close home to finish fourth. So I just think Dan Skelton might've had this race in mind from for a little while. He's down another two pounds for that Hereford run. So he's back, he's down to a mark of 142, which is what I think it's four pounds lower than the mark off which he won his county hurdle. Now back, that was back in 2019 and that's the last race that he won. So it's a fair, <laughs> it's a fair way back. And then Tristan Durrell, takes off seven pounds. He rode him in the Hereford race and didn't give him a bad ride. You know, stayed on well. So he's taken off another seven pounds. He's stepping up. Obviously the county hurdles over over two miles. He's he has form over two and a half as well though. He ran he ran really well in the in the entry hurdle over two and a half miles behind Super Sunday. He wasn't beaten far by him. So two and a half miles is probably a good trip for him now, especially at the age of eleven. And yeah, Dan Skelton in these in these handicap hurdles, he's definitely one to to watch. And I think Chutavello could outrun his odds. Do you know what? It's probably the only horse I'll accept Marie's Rock getting beat <laughs> by and not think it was a bad run um, because of the back class in Chitabello, which is uh, well highlighted there. Tristan Durrell and Chitabello, maybe the seven pounds off represents the amount of years between their ages, but I don't I don't know the age of Tristan Durrell. But um, seven pounds off and a, and a big handicap chance. Dermot Nolan? Uh, first of all, yeah, completely agree on Marie's Rock. Um, I think she's she's going to be very, very hard to stop here. But just one horse from an each-way point of view. Uh, Comanche Red um, is a horse off a mark of 125 with Fergus Gillard taking pounds off at 28 to 1. is is very intriguing for me. Um, this is a horse who, again, has, has some, some decent back class uh, over fences here. Uh, the novice handicap chase off uh, of 12 pounds higher beat simply the bets uh, dean um and mm. whilst the form has kind of uh, has obviously fallen apart since he, he did find himself up around 148 150 you know it's a it's a long way back down again um hammered by the, the likes of royal Pagay and stuff so he's he's taken a while to kind of come back to form he was 11 and a half lengths behind marie's rock um under Brendan Powell, but the handicappers put him back down again since. I mean, that's that's four it's a big to eight. turnaround for that run. There is a big turnaround. Yeah, that's that you know run. that's yeah. that's that's four to eight pounds for eleven and a quarter lengths. And the Chris Gordon yard, it doesn't seem to be getting as much attention as it should. He's flying. Um, it's was it four winners from his last ten runners. It's like five from his last fifteen. He's he operated eleven percent strike rate this season, which for a yard of his size is that's brilliant. Um. 12 of his 52 horses have won this season. Uh, he, he is absolutely flying of late. And this horse, it just wouldn't surprise me, especially with Fergus Giller claiming another three pounds. That's him down uh, effectively to 122. So at, um, at 28 to 1, Dean, I just find him very interesting at a track that he absolutely loves. Yep, what you and Don have proved so far is that I haven't given this race enough justice or enough time, and uh, Marie, <laughs> which is not unlike me, uh, let's be honest. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave Weldon, um, over to you on the Lanzarote. Yeah, I'll throw two more to Dean now as well for good measure. Oh, uh, another, another Chris Gordon horse, press your luck, um, similar price to the one Durham was talking about there. Finished second in Fontwell last time out behind Mr. One More. Ran down the field in the Aintree uh, conditional Red won the Tronador one last year at the Irish Grand National. I uh, was down the field yep. in that, but before that, I had finished second to Good Ball at Newbury um, in a good race and is off a similar mark here again today. I just thought he was very interesting over this sort of trip. And then the other one is uh, Call Me Lord for Nicky Henderson. I think your biggest danger, Dean, might come from within. Um, he was The last time he ran a handicap, he was rated 160 and he finished third in the Imperial Cup behind Monsignor Lecoq and Malaya. 
Um, he's now down to a mark of 140, uh, 144. And he's 22 to 1 here. He's been chasing this year. Absolutely hated it. Oh my God. He couldn't jump for love nor money. Um, and he's gone back harder now, which Nicky Henderson has a track record with bringing chasers, failed chasers back to be good hurdlers, as we know. Um, yeah. And I think of a 16 pound lower mark than what he was. Like, you forget, like, when you consider what he's been doing in the previous two years, he's been running consistently at a graded level. Um, he's now been given the right chance by the handicapper over this tri- sort of trip. I think he is a massive each way player in this race. And those retrieval mission types from Nicky Henderson, uh, Marie's Rock was one the last day. So, yeah, why not? Okay, call me Lord, uh, thrown into mix along with pressure, luck, Comanche Red as well, of course. Uh, a shout for Chita Bello. And uh, they've all got to go and beat the certainty that it's Marie's Rock. A fascinating, fascinating contest uh, coming up at Kempton 240 on Saturday. That's the Lanzarote. Uh, Dave, I'll stick with you. Give me the winner of the three o'clock at Warwick, please. It is the classic, the Warwick Classic Handicap Chase. Um. Yeah, I found this very difficult now to solve. There's a few that you, you could uh, give a really good chance to. Um, not a chance, obviously, is the starting point. Won the race last year. He's back down to a similar mark, and they've gone for new headgear now today as well to freshen them up. But you'd have to forgive a lot of bad runs previously. Uh, Manella Encore was one I was sweet about at Cheltenham. Um, it didn't happen for him that day, and then he went and bolted up at Ludlow, and I think the handicappers had his say with him. Albeit, um, you might have to have a saver. I might, have, I personally might have to have a saver on him because I can't see him win again without my money on. And then mm-hmm. an eleven-year-old, which I don't really like tipping in this type of race, but then again, they've been there and done that. Um, head to the stars for Henry Daly and Hugh Nugent was very, very good the last day. Um, he beat a decent field at Ludlow over Christmas. Um, has been subsequently put up. Has good form at Warwick. Finished third point final nudge. Um, in a veterans chase earlier on in the season and has won off a similar sort of mark in the past. Um, he just looked a bit rejuvenated the last day um, and Henry Daly's yard haven't gone well over the last couple of weeks as well. Um, he's a bit in and out but he's put two good runs back to back now together and I think he can do it again uh, and an each way price 18 to 1 I think he has a good chance. Henry Daly's head to the stars there thrown in at an each way price. Demo you're up. Uh, yeah, Dean, this, this is uh, this is a race that I'm really looking forward to because it's uh, Pat's fancy's form is um, is up for question again. Um, he's a horse yep. that listeners will know I love. I like him for the four miler, but off a rating of 142, Dean, I was thinking last night Pat's fancy's probably could end up in an Ultima, really, couldn't he? Um, uh, no chance that, there. No <laughs> chance there. <laughs> of that kind Gal- of rating. Galahad Quest. Galahad, Galahad Quest. Quest would be would be wondering where. <laughs> Where Pat's fancy I, got to? I can't. Um, I can't but, see Don, but the eyes are rolling. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Pat's fancy, in my opinion, the two performances that he's put over fences um, the last twice have been uh, better jumping performances. You won't see. And Jericho Rock chased him home really well. The first uh, two runs back in third, Broken Halo was uh, two and three quarters behind them. Uh, that horse has gone on to win since last time. Jericho Rock then went on. Uh, sorry, obviously Pat's fancy went on. And one afterwards, that was a very, very strong race. Last time Jericho Rock came out on the 29th of November, travelled beautifully through this race, really well, um, and just couldn't get past St. Palais. But St. Palais, uh, that horse, that's a, quite a special horse, I think. I think it's it's very, very good. Um, and was rated eight pounds higher than Jericho Rock, but... Uh, received a pound because the horse was only four years old. So Jericho Rock actually at the weights and everything else, if they met now, Jericho Rock kind of comes out probably the best horse of that race. Um, 
hasn't gone up a whole pile again, uh, up to a mark of 133. Now getting six pounds for that was very fair considering the weight swing. And uh, this is a horse who's just improving with every run. Real typical David Pipe improver. Uh, I want to see him win because it does further back up my theory that Pat's Fancy is a very good horse. And uh, I think he will do that too. I was going to say before I was muted that even when uh, even when Pat's fancy uh, doesn't run, he gets plenty of mentions on here. That's that's quite a strong shout though for Jericho Rock for David Pipe and Tom Schoonamore. Uh, Don, try and find me the winner of the mm. classic, please. Yeah, I think I'm back on the skeleton drive here. I think Paddle Your Own Canoe is interesting. He was a good chaser for Con- Colin Tizard. He was a good stare on the flat as well. They ran him, they ran him on the flat during more more or less the entire of the kind of winter January February of 2020 and then he ran during the summer and ran ran very well at Warwick on his last run for Colin Tizard he, he's stayed on to finish third behind Young Wolf horse of John Joe Neils he was all he's been off the track since then he's since joined Dan Skelton and his run at Haydock the last day over hurdles was a very very good run he probably would have been second he just seemed to tire late on like Jesuitique went on and won one well in the end, but Paddy Young Canoe moved into second place behind him and was probably the second best horse in the race. He was a massive price that day. He was just done for second by Tokyo Getaway. But it was a it was a good run and he's down to a mark of 135 over both hurdles and fences that were just five pounds lower than his peak. And he should come on for that run, his first run since September twenty twenty. So in over a year, a year and two or three months, uh back over fences, back at Warwick off a workable mark. I think that's interesting. And the other horse worth mentioning, I think, is Akil or Ashil. Akil, I think they call him. Yeah. Um, look, he's 12 now, but he finished second behind Not a Chance in this race last year. He's four pounds higher now, but he's merited that hike. And in the in the Beecher chase, he did well from behind. He was traveling well for a long way and then just kept on. And then last time in the Welsh National, he got mulleried at the, at the start. Do you remember the mm. start in the Welsh National? It was a standing start. And the two horses who got really badly hampered were him and the winner, actually, I will do it. They were both squeezed out of it and were they were second last and last starting off. So I will do it, obviously did well to win. But I, I, Ashil travelled in behind and stayed on to finish fourth. I think he's he's better than that. He's down three pounds for that run, which is uh, kind of just a bit of a bonus. And back at Warwick, where he's run so well in the past, last year in this race, I think he can he can go well. Venetia Williams had another better fancied horse in it. She's taken him out and relies on the shield. So yeah, I think he's interesting as well. Yeah, Charlie Deutsch gets back on top for Venetia Williams. That is a shield in there. I was going to give a shout to Eclair Seth, who I thought um, also ran a cracker in the uh, in the Welsh National as well. Big big old mistake um, when still mixing it. Um, I think four or five out and uh, Eclair Seth I would put into the mix. But this is a cracking race. Um, we look forward to it on the weekend. That's the three o'clock at Warwick, the three fifteen at Kempton. Um, I'll make my part here very quick. Uh, if Caribbean Boy uh, doesn't fall, I think it will win. And do you know what? I backed it the last time, and by the time I actually got the race on the TV, he'd already gone down. So I didn't get much much crack for my money. And we can all relate to that story, I'm sure. Uh, Demo, why don't you go first? Uh, Caribbean Boy stands up, wins. I didn't really have much of an opinion on it, Dean. I thought Kitty's Light was quite interesting, but uh, like, like that was a good run behind Five Star Getaway, who's a, a very decent horse. So I thought Kitty's Light will be interesting here if I had to have a bet, but uh, it wasn't a race, Dean, that I'd, I had much of an interest in now. 
I love Kit. He's like six year old going places and loads and loads and loads of time uh, for it all to come good for Christian Williams. Uh, Dave Weldon. Um, yeah, similar to Jerome, I didn't really have a massive opinion on this. Uh, I was going to back double shuffle at a double figure price, but the Shrewdies have already copped onto that and he's now 17 to 2 ish. Um, his former round Kempton is very, very good and they've gone for a first time thumb strap tomorrow, which I think kind of indicates that they might think they have him ready to go. Okay, double shuffle. Big shout for the 12 year old there. Jonathan Burke will write that uh, for Tom George. Don. I can relate to your Caribbean boy story, Dean. <laughs> I was I was with you the last day, and I was with you. Well, I don't know if you were on the time before that, and I also yes, backed I him in the Paddy Power Plate at the Cheltenham Festival when, yeah. again, he missed the start. He had a really good position for the first start. It was a false start. His back like, still had his good position, but then missed the standing start and was always playing catch-up. And just been waiting for him to step up to three miles for a little while because he, his run in the Paddy Power Gold Cup again suggested that he'd be better over further. He stepped up to three miles the last day at Ascot, but he ran yeah. for about 110 yards. <laughs> so that was, unfortunately, that was out the window. Uh, I did yeah. get to see it, though. I did get to watch the race until he came down, okay. unlike yourself. You learned plenty. <laughs> I learned lots. But, you know, going into the fence, you were thinking, geez, it's very crowded out there. I hope he gets to land. Yeah. And, and he didn't. No. So, look, I'm giving him another chance. Um, the race has cut up. He was a bigger price during the week, obviously, anti-post. But um, um, Daryl Jacobs, that was actually, it was off him that Daryl Jacobs got his injury, I think, wasn't it? He's been out right. since then. That was his last, yeah. that was his injury. That was where he got his injury. So, James Vaughan takes over. I think James Vaughan is a very good rider. So, that's that's not a negative. And, yeah, look, he's favourite now. But I think he's, you know, if he, if he just does... He, he just needs to do everything right again. And I think Kempton is better than Ascot because the, the Ascot fences, he didn't jump them very well when he when he finished third in that three-horse race between, behind Dashiell Drasher and Itchy Feet. So I think back, Kempton is better than Ascot for him. I, I can see Kenny's eye as well. Like, I, I'm just waiting for him to step up and trip again. I think he's a horse for marathon trips on good ground. So maybe later in the season is the time, the time to get him maybe on a, over a longer trip. But... Yeah, I I'd be, I hope Caribbean Caribbean boy can go and do it as well. Like I still think he's a very well handicapped horse. Yep, I'd be interested in him in in these kind of races, big fields. Gets a bit of luck later mm. on. I got to go and win this first. Um, and uh, Caribbean boy would be my fancy here. Uh, the last race of the weekend, Don. I may as well come to you first. It's a attempt qualifier. I think where everything will qualify by one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, pick the bones out of this. Something's going to try. Something's yeah, gonna try. Gordon Elliott had nine in it. I think didn't he? And he's only got one left here to Verley. Uh, I wrote down the handicap ratings that he was given. I'm sure Gordon did as well to just to get a, a check on what the, the handicap ratings. And in fairness, they're fair enough. They were kind of four and five pounds higher than the the Irish marks, which you kind of you go along with that. Barcier de Berle is only one pound higher, and Ardhill, who's twelve pounds higher, so he's 123 <laughs> now. No chances yeah. taken there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He still needs to go up about. 10 or 12 pounds to give himself a chance of getting into, into a pretense if that's if that's his, his goal anyway yeah. uh we know what their marks are now so that's good um but look it's not a race i have a massive opinion on in terms of winning it Riggs, i suppose Riggs has to he's, he's one of the few who has to go up in the ratings to guarantee himself a chance of getting into the pretense and he's a easy light, likely race horse i thought he ran well in the betfair exchange handicap hurdle the last day he was only just beaten by don levant and don levant then went and ran very well in the relkeel hurdle there on New Year's Day at Cheltenham so that was a good run and they were nicely clear of, of, of Bass Rock and Stony Mountain so um, yeah I can see Riggs running a good race again he's he's um, 
a couple of pounds higher than he was that day. He's five pounds higher, but he's a progressive horse, and yeah, he maybe him, but again, it's a it's not it's not really a betting race for me. No, do you know what? I'd, I'd written down Riggs. Riggs will go for this. The rest will be tussling <laughs> out for second, third. Well, maybe not even second. And uh, so, yeah, not surprised. To Sixth. See the There'll be market. a scrap on for six. <laughs> There'll probably be they, the cameras might want to focus back there uh, after <laughs> yeah. after Riggs has crossed the line. Riggs going to cross the line in front, Demo, is he? Uh, probably. I, I thought um, Sporting John, like him winning this, isn't going to put him up all that much. He's probably going to be around top weight anyway, isn't he? Um, for yeah, but he doesn't uh, need to go up any higher. Just finish fourth or fifth. Yeah, but but regardless, he'll be carrying eleven zone twelve. Like, isn't he? He's going to be pretty yeah, much top just, weight. He could just outclass these anyway uh, if he's on a going day. Which he yeah, you know. So yeah, like he'd be my idea of a, a horse that could just go and win it. I think the UK handicapper will pretty much leave him alone for it anyway. Um, but uh, no, Dean, this is a race that is a 100% um, a watching brief. Okay. Dave, well, do you agree? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I thought Alaphilippe Alif- 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 was the most Alif- interesting yeah. one. Um, finished fifth in the Alabart last year. It was rated 140. Uh, I think Fergal O'Brien won this last year with Imperial Alcazar um, en route to the Pretemps. So um, he doesn't need to win it place in it grand and on the other pretends he could be an interesting angle um if you're looking for a pretends one at this stage um Alaphilippe but yeah like Riggs is the only one who has to win it and the rest of them have to not finish last yeah yeah I would agree I would agree okay um a couple of big races at Punchestown on Sunday before we do wrap up uh we're likely to see Dysart Dynamo uh take them on in the Moscow Flyer Novice Hurdle I guess the uh well some decent horses in there it's not going to be a straightforward uh episode i don't have any betting for that and i've also got the kildare novice chase where bob ollinger will feature uh, we'll learn plenty don yeah we will look it'll be good to see bob ollinger again uh it's a second chase his jumping was pretty good the last day room for improvement so it'll be interesting to see if he does improve his jumping a little bit but uh look he's a he's a a, a flagship horse isn't he so it's going to be good to see him again look he'll be tested if lifetime ambition runs if capadana runs capadana did really well to win the last day when he, he made a really, really bad mistake at the second last fence and did well to get back and get up to beat Emerald Mitra, who led from, from flagfall and looked a winner from a long way out. Gary Domeniel was disappointing in that race. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he takes his chance again because we know he was obviously a top-class hurdler last year. He won the two-and-a-half-mile champion hurdle, or champion novices hurdle at the Punchestown Festival. So, yeah, it's a, if, if they all line up, it'll be a very interesting race and it'll be a fair test for Bob Ollinger. Yeah, yeah, it's a pure quality field, as you get, actually, because there's so much good uh, stock in Ireland. Uh, Dem, are you looking forward to those two races? Anything else over the weekend? Uh, actually, no. Uh, Dysart Dynamo is the one, yeah, I've uh, I've backed him. I'm on him decent for the Ballymore, and I covered him now for the Supreme, just trying to read Willie Mullins' brain is like trying to... Um trying to do something very difficult anyway i haven't got a metaphor in my head there for that but dm but yeah no it's uh it's really good racing bob ollinger was excellent first time out i i i still think because we maybe haven't seen him for a while that people forget just how good this horse is so that'll be great to to kind of remind people and then um whilst i said dynamo is a difficult task ahead of him i do think he's he's just very very good and he should take an awful lot of beating there and he'll further cement his claims as being a, a proper contender for Cheltenham. It, it, yeah. it's interesting jeremy isn't that he's he's running in the moscow flyer now because he was in the lawless nice race and he, he, he wasn't declared over two and a half and i like you i kind of thought he'd be more of a ballymore horse than a supreme horse but it's interesting that he's in in the moscow flyer over two miles isn't it yeah massively and um the the one note that someone said on Twitter, which I found interesting, was that 
uh, Willie Mullins doesn't tend to send his better horses to the Nace race. Now, this was probably mm. somebody adding up two and two to get five, praying to God the horse does go to Ballymore. But when I went back through the last few editions of that race, Don, it's probably not far off that statement, to be fair, that um, Dysart Dynamo. But it it also has to be remembered, as in I'm on Dysart Dynamo for the Ballymore more so, as I said. But Willie Mullins was saying at the start of the season um, that he thought Sir Gerhard was a Ballymore type. So it's interesting to see what happens because he's very keen on Il Fabiolo as well. He seems to love that horse. So mm. uh, you've got Il Fabiolo, Dysart Dynam- Dynamo and um, and Sir Gerard all kind of positioning themselves over two miles at the moment. So one of them will go up and trip. So it's interesting to see now what way it all falls, really, isn't it? Absolutely. That's the that's where we're at now. Um, trying to work out pecking orders and seeing these things kind of mess up your anti-post plans. It's all part of the game. Um, and that, that is exactly where we are. They're two fascinating races. David, anything else over the weekend you want to shout out before I go to naps? No, not really. Just I, I find it fascinating that Willie didn't send one to, to the Talworth. Um, I meant to say this earlier, actually. Like he, Gawa went over for the mayor's listed race, and he could have yep. easily sent one with it, uh, with her to, to the Talworth, like he did with York Hill all them years ago when I think Narina was running that mayor's race. Um, so I just, I, I just don't know how he's going to fit all these, get runs into all these horses. He's going to have to run against each other. Um, they're already giving out about the ground probably at Leperstown because it hasn't rained as much as they needed to. Um, so it's just, I, I don't know where he's going to fit all these runs in um, between now and the festival. Yeah, he, he doesn't He doesn't tend to send novice hurdlers anyway over to Britain during the year, does he? He tends to... He's, he's, he comes in and goes out of it. Like he was fashionable. Yeah. That year at York Hill, I think he was going for the... Was he going... What year he was going for the, the champion Yeah, the, own, the owner was there for the day as well, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so like, I that was probably part of it. It just looked an easy pot to finish mm. second at least then, you know? Yep. Yep, I agree. And it is going to be an absolute conundrum now what they get what they get done. I mean, even with the Dublin Racing Festival coming up, um, we're still not seeing the he- heavens open here. So... We will find out um, how they're going to squeeze them all in. They'll have to run them. You can't, you can, not everything can go uh, undercooked. Okay, why don't we do our weekend naps? Uh, Dermot, I'm going to come to you first, but before we do, uh, fans bet have put up a £50 charity bet for us this week and a Twitter poll on the race hour, depending on what our four naps are, will allow the audience to select which one the bet goes on, which I think is quite a cool idea. Um, now, you all know that you need to, to go for mine. Just this little, little, little <laughs> hint. Rock, obviously, so it's coming. Uh, it's very simple to do that one. Yeah. Go yeah. On. Uh, so Dean is Marie's rock. Uh, I will go for Jericho to rock in the um, in the classic chase team. Ah, okay. Well, if Rock the Casbah was running, we could have thrown in another <laughs> one. But we, we've two we've two rocks to go with. Uh, Dave, you're up. Uh, Elder Al- Allen, please. Okay, uh, Elder Allen. Exactly, in the Silviniaco Conti chase. Um, and Don, the final word, nap of the weekend, goes yeah. to you. Caribbean boy over the rocky cliff. That's me. Uh, <laughs> stick, stick with him. Love it, love it. Uh, that will win too. So, you know, pick pick that one or Marie's Rock. Ignore the other two. Lads, we're, we're all good. Um, look, this week's podcast, of course, is brought to you with our sponsors at Fans. But do check out that exclusive offer on bookmakers.co.uk of Bet10 Get30. Get involved with the game that must be won, £250. Uh, to the winner of course if you're in the uk you can play so do that with fans bet and um, make sure you get involved there my thanks go to don mclean david weldon dermot nolan and of course i've been dean ryan and you've been listening to the race hour we'll do it all again next week but for now i'll leave you alone you've been listening to the race hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk your best bet for tips news and bookmaker reviews